Welcome to another episode of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen here with Jacob Rame, Chris Gehring, and Jeremy Hyman. Uh, we've got some John Wall news to share. Uh, he spoke today to the media today for the first time uh, since his injury. Uh, we're going to talk about the 40th anniversary over the weekend. Great moment with Phil and the, the guys from the 78 championship team at halftime on, on Sunday. Uh, and then we're going to take a closer look at the playoff picture as we've got, wow, guys, I think, what, three more weeks of the regular season uh, before the playoffs get going. So And no one's going to mention the New York Knicks again. Yeah, no more Knicks. Yeah, we don't have to see him again. Still won the season series three to one. Yep, people well, forget that's the good that. News. That's yeah. the good news. The only good news out of that game. Uh, but let's go first to to what John said today. Uh, first of all, the Wizards held a really awesome clinic today with Special Olympics DC. The whole team staff um, were there uh, with some of the the athletes from the Special Olympics, which was awesome to see. Um, so they did a clinic. And then afterwards, we heard from John for the first time in a while, uh, since All-Star, basically, yep. uh, when we talked to him for about 20 minutes. So, Jeremy, you want to, you know, fill us in on the latest, what John had to say and what we're, what we're expecting? Yeah, it, it wasn't anything too, uh, I guess, re- revealing in terms of, like, a big announcement where, you know, naming a day, you know, the day he's coming back. It was kind of the same thing we've been hearing for the last week or so since he's been back at the non-contact practices and now back at a this was his second full contact practice Um, so it was more of the same along the lines of things are going well moving in the right direction won't put a day on it but you'd have to think it's only you know there's two weeks left of the regular season you know nine games left I would think it's going to be not too far out it certainly sounds like it's going to be soon now scott brooks already ruled him out for tomorrow's game after that they play again on thursday in detroit and then saturday back at home against charlotte um it's just it's literally day to day so i don't i'm not going to pick a day but i would say if i if i had to predict i would say it would be sometime in the next week or so it certainly sounds that way so it could be maybe the end of this week. They have a back-to-back uh, this weekend with Charlotte and Chicago. Maybe it's then. Maybe it's you know early next week. But it certainly sounds like it's going to be very soon. Saturday is our is our fan appreciation uh, game, where mm-hmm. we're giving away the Auto Porter bobblehead, which looks great, and doing jersey off our backs after the game. I can't think of anything that would be more appreciated by our fans yes. than getting to see John Wall come back and that would be the best gift of all so uh that would be a good I do one. think that uh I do I, that, that would be that would be nice if he come back on Saturday but um you know, we've got about as much information on this as you guys do yeah and he seems he seems I mean he's in great spirits and seems like he's ready um at this point it's usually like he physically could probably go out and play as soon as tomorrow if we you know if we if they if the, like if he had to, it's not like he physically can't do it. They just want to be extremely cautious in terms of th- actually bringing him back to play in a full game, and he still has to get his sort of get into game shape, which takes usually takes actually playing in games, which is why you start on a minutes limit and then kind of work your way up and build a you know sort of a, a wind for yourself before hopefully for the Wizards before the postseason. Yeah, and we've heard. A little bit from Scott Brooks as well on that and again he hasn't really been able to offer any specifics as to 
you know, whether or not he'll play back-to-backs, what kind of minute restriction. Though he did say last night uh, before we played the Knicks that he didn't imagine that once John came back in games that he plays in, so maybe still not back-to-backs, he will be able to, to get some pretty good run in, if not play the kind of minutes that he's used to playing. So I think that's the advantage of them giving him this long runway and, and really making sure that he's in as good a shape as he can possibly be without playing a game before he plays that first game and then goes from there. But he looks really good. He said today that he lost 10, 15 pounds during his rehab, although he said that that wasn't necessarily the goal. It was a really good byproduct of it, and we saw him shooting around a little bit before. The, well, we've, we've seen him shooting around before the last couple of home games, and he looks really good out there. He looks slimmed down. He looks cut. He looks ready to roll. And and like Jeremy said, yeah, I, I really like that he's in good spirits. He's ready to be himself again out there. I think he appreciates the effort that his team has put in without him. And this has been a, a really long stretch without him. And for them to kind of tread water. It's been over two months, hasn't it? Have, Just yeah, about eight weeks. Almost about eight two weeks, months, yeah. yeah. They, it's um it's impressive it's a testament to what this team is is capable of doing but as we've seen on this 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 last tough stretch it's really hard to be without when you're when your team is built around a guy like john wall and is used to having him it's really hard to to keep that going and and we've seen them hit a rough spot they've been you know struggling offensively and i, th- I think that obviously the way that john can pass the way he can pressure defenses all of those things are are obviously positives once he comes back and so we'll see he's getting really close and you can tell the way that he's talking about it the way that he looks on the floor or the warm-ups that he's been able to do he's really close and that's exciting and it's and it's a really good time quite honestly to do it because he'll hopefully be able to get in some games before we get to the playoffs and then be able to hit the ground running when it when it counts the most and that's what this team is here for that's what they were talking about since the beginning of the year we all heard the rumors that John wasn't gonna come, was things like John wasn't going to come back this year, um, and stuff like that. And so, just to see him on the court, know that he's practicing, know that his return is is imminent, is a big sigh of relief as we get ready for this playoff run. Because, um, you know, I I I think that they've they've had certainly had some success without him, but um, going into a playoff series against a really good team without John, I just I I can't see a way they win that. And with, and with John, we immediately become a team that none of the top seeds would want to play. That's for sure, especially now that, you know, home court may not be looking as great, but um, I think as this this 1978 team showed us, nice little segue here, they weren't the best regular season team, and this is rare in today's NBA. Usually the top couple seeds are the ones that come back and, you know, win it all, make the deep runs. It's pretty rare in the NBA, but the Bullets back then – were not the top I think that was the four seed that yeah. year. Yeah, Forty four and thirty eight. Yeah. They they weren't the best team in the league in the regular season they were by also any means. Less teams then, That's too. true. Yeah. yeah. And so and they had to deal with a lot of injuries that year. I'm not saying we're gonna totally gonna win the finals. <laughs> but I think it's worth looking at that hey, especially with the Wizards this current core is history in the playoffs. They haven't been bounced in the first round ever. So it shows that they're pretty built to play in the playoffs, and I think Sadaransky and Ubre's growth especially gives you seven guys that you can trust who've been there, have been with this team, and, and know what to do. Um, but it was awesome to see the 
the 40th team here. Everybody was able to make it except for Wes Unsell, just due to health, needed to stay in Baltimore, but his wife came Sunday, which was great. He, Wes, Wes left some great messages for Phil and for the team, and uh, his presence was certainly felt at the weekend. Yeah. Mm. And it was good to, to see some of these guys who have been around here. You know, We see Bob Dandridge a lot, Kevin Grevy, they're local still. Um, but Phil, obviously. Yeah, Phil, of course. Uh, but then to see guys like Alvin Hayes, who does the Houston Cougars uh, what's, radio play-by-play. What's crazy is if, they, if Houston hadn't been bounced, mm-hmm. Alvin wouldn't have been able to make it this weekend. Yeah. So I felt bad rooting against Houston for Elvin, but I really Jeremy wanted didn't. Elvin to be able to. Well, I know Jeremy didn't because they went yeah. up against Michigan. Shout but, out to Michigan. Um, but I really wanted Elvin to be able to make it this weekend. I know we all did, and so – uh, the fact that Houston was bounced and Alvin no longer had that commitment, uh, he's able to be here, and he's obviously he's, he's such a such an incredible figure, and he's just uh, he's he's such a legend, and to spend time with him and hear his stories and stuff like that is is a very unique experience. How about Dick Mata, who at 86 years old, he's like just unbelievable. It's unbelievable the way he's just <laughs> he still has all these stories. He's like yeah. the, the kind of like the grandfather figure it seems like a lot of people. I mean, he went up to Scott Brooks who he coached in Dallas in the 90s and he the way he got his attention was he said, "Hey Scott, you going to get some more shots up today or something like that." And it was just like like 20 years later saying the same things. I mean, he coached to a pretty old age he, um, also. Yeah. I w- I was uh, I was at the event with the team on Saturday night and um where they, we showed them the documentary, which you can catch now on WashingtonWizards.com. And, um, and uh, Dick Mata gave a very touching speech to the team. Um, it, it was a very emotional night for all the guys. The, the thing that stood out to me is that they remember that night and that playoff run like it was yesterday. It was 40 years ago, and they know. They remember every detail. Their wives remember all the details. Like It really made me want to win a title. I mean, I obviously have always wanted to win a title, but man, like the experience, the camaraderie, it's like Mm -hmm. that that sort of thing cannot be replicated. Um, One of them was talking about how they wanted to, I forget who had the quote that they wanted to bottle up and sell the feel, Larry Wright, the feeling of winning a title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, you know, it it makes sense. I mean, priceless though. So I want to, you could feel it in their stories, and it's just, we were talking about this last night too at the game is that with these two with the two hall of famers on the ro- on that roster for elvin and for wes unseld that title in 78 those those are two guys with huge long prolific careers but those were that was the only title that either of them won and so to not only have these guys their numbers are tired in the rafters to be known as legends on the bullets i mean so many times they're are legends that play across different teams and have really defining moments on, on different teams. Um, for those guys, that was it was here. And that's really, really cool that they got to share that story. And the documentary is really well done. If you haven't checked it out, you really have to check it out. It's really, really good and tons of great, great stories, lots of great footage. It's just really well done and really gives you a good look back at what that was like. And you could feel it in the arena watching it. It was just a what an awesome time that had to have been and hearing fan stories and the player stories. 8,000 people rolling up to Dulles when the flight yeah, got home. It's just really cool. And we see those stories now every year when you, you know, when you see it across whoever wins and, and it, and it seems awesome, but to, to hear it firsthand from all those guys is really cool. And to get to celebrate them and see all of them 
obviously with the exception of Wes, whose whose messages were really cool. It was a really good experience. And, uh, we mentioned who, you know, another player was raised to the rafters, Phil Chenier, which, you know, yeah. much anticipated. I mean, the crowds was standing the entire time. Um, just, I think, a really cool moment for those who grew up watching him play. But then, of course, the majority are the people that saw him on the broadcast and got to know him through the booth and in the community. Um, and w- just what a cool moment that I think you know all ages can connect to Phil because of the long, long, what, 42 years he's been involved in the organization is pretty, pretty outstanding. Um, and as we know, he's just the nicest guy. He is so heartwarming. It, you know, he was so touched to be in that moment. Had to, you know, fight back tears uh, at the end of that. And we saw the his son gave a really touching message as well uh, with a video beforehand. Just one of those really cool moments that, you know, we may never see another number retired with the time we're here. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. We have ideas of who could be, but uh, <laughs> it could be a while. So, yeah, I mean... Special I'd moment. expect the next number that we, we retire in this franchise to be number two. Yeah, I mean, if there's n- of course. I mean, there's no one. There's no one that's going to be before John. We know that. Uh, and so I mean, and if John continues on this trajectory, he'll his number will be retired, right. and so mm-hmm. sure. that'll be that. Yeah, if John spends John or Brad, I guess majority of, of his options. career here. Yeah, I guess I'm just. Yeah, we're talking way down the line. Oh, now, way so. down the line, but that's but that's how rare it is, and I mean, yeah. Um, Jeremy and I have both been here for seven seasons, and that's the only number we've seen. The only that, and there hadn't been a number uh, retired within like seven or eight years before that, and so it's just very rare. And the fact that we got to be a part of it this weekend mm-hmm. was very special. And how cool is it that Earl Monroe came too? I mean, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. the last second thing that we found out, but yeah. awesome, awesome to have. Well, two of the f- two of the four were here. Of course, we wish West could have came, had three of the four, and now it would be four of the five. So mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah, it was just a really special weekend, and for all of us who have gotten to meet Phil, gotten to know Phil, and and I think that was the coolest part, too, is that not only do you not get to see it, but to see it happen for somebody who we've all gotten to meet and be around and see how good of a person he is, how great of an ambassador he is for this organization, this area, all that stuff is is just really cool, and it was, it was definitely an emotional moment for a lot of people, and Phil included, his family, Buck. Um, Steve Buckhans did a really good job, I think, of officiating the whole thing, and we know how close that he and Phil are. Um, it was just a really special thing, and it is it is um, something that we won't see again for a long time, and um, at least and and then to be a part of it is is just really neat. I think it's important to mention also the reason that it's so rare is that to have your number up there, you have to be a Hall of Fame player or have a significant impact on a team for an extended period of time. So yeah. it's really not a slight at anybody. A lot of the greatest teams only have a few numbers retired. So yep. I don't know, just worth mentioning that as well. Um, and then we, the last segment we want to hit is just looking at the playoff picture. Uh, the Wizards are in sixth, kind of been there the last couple days. It looks like Philly and Cleveland are going to, going to fight between three and four I mean I I think if you look at the schedules and just the way that the Cavs are playing now with LeBron and triple double modes since February Kevin Love is back and Mm -hmm. he's such an important part of that team uh and then the Wizards really it's it's probably going to come down to Indiana Washington Milwaukee and Miami five through eight seems like Indiana has a nice edge for the time being but the Wizards do own the tiebreaker 
Um, and no one wants to play Cleveland in the first round. We can Everyone can admit that. So it's going to be interesting. Now you have Boston at the two seed pretty locked in there, are likely going to be out without uh, Kyrie Irving in the first round. They're already without Gordon Hayward, of course. Marcus Smart might be done for the year. So it's kind of a weird postseason seeding feel right now. Yeah, it's that time of year where you start to look at look at the matchups because we're so close now. It's two weeks from Wednesday. It's the final game of the regular season. And you, you play these games. It happens, I feel like, almost every year where, you know, it's going to be a couple of games that's going to determine, you know, three, four, five, six, seven. I remember the, I remember the year, gosh, what year was it? The year, I feel like it was Toronto and someone trying to move, move up or down a spot. I, or maybe it was Chicago and Toronto. They, maybe it was the year we played Chicago. Um, the fir- that first year the Wizards were in the playoffs when someone was trying to, to move, you know, y- people thought that, that, that the team was trying to lose near the end of the season to move down a mm-hmm. spot. I'm just saying that this, this is the teams just have to focus on winning their games because y- if you start to play around too much with, you know, playing certain guys, resting certain guys, trying to gear up for the playoffs, it can, you know, sometimes, like you say, be careful what you wish for. Um, because, you know, sometimes you try to get into a certain matchup and then, you know, it just doesn't go how you think. So I'm just of the belief you got to just take care of your business, win your games, try not to worry too much about what's going on around you. Um, I, I just don't like the idea of trying to move down. If you're, you know, if say, for instance, if you're the Wizards and you have a chance to move down to seven to play Boston, now, if you ask me, would I rather play Boston with maybe without Kyrie than play the Cavs? Absolutely. But I, I just don't love the idea of – I don't think you could – you know, not that they would try to lose, but play a lineup or, you know, to rest, let's say, to sit John, Brad, and Otto or something like that just to try to move down a spot. That's more the, the meaning that I don't – I don't love that sort of mentality. But saying all that, we have – you can pick and choose who you want to play. I think the Wizards, you know, if we had this pod last week, we would have said we're still fighting for the three and four seeds. After you just dropped two home games to Denver and New York, now all of a sudden it looks like, well, the three and four seeds are starting to look like more of a long shot. And now it looks like home court in the first round is going to be a long shot. So, you know, I think the team everyone's going to say they want to play first is Indiana. Because yeah. they don't have the the superstars like some of the other teams do. They don't, you know, they don't have the. Uh, obviously, Philly is such a wild card with Embiid and Simmons and the they've rookies. They've only lost at home what once in yeah. 2018. I mean, they've, they've been unbelievable they've been at home. Playing great, um, and we're all such. It's this time of year. It's such prisoners of the moment, and that's what I try not to be because we've got. I've seen this happen before, and and we, it's like we don't. You need to learn from what you see the years before of what. I've watched the Wizards struggle down the stretch countless times. Everyone then picks against them in the first round when they were a road. This is the first two years they were in the playoffs with this team, 2013-14 and 14-15. You know, nobody picked them to beat Chicago. Nobody picked them to beat Toronto. The Toronto, going to that series, the Wizards were playing. I probably would – I think it would be fair to say they were probably playing worse than they're playing now. Um, 
with and less talent. Yeah, and that was going into that Toronto series. And then all of a sudden, the playoffs start. It is a totally, totally different game. Everything is different in the playoffs. It is not – you can throw out the regular season records against the teams. You can throw out whatever stats you want. You get into the playoffs, it is so different. And that's what – I feel like we go through this every year because it's like we have to have these same conversations or these – I read the, some of the same uh, – information or or predictions about why someone's going to win or why someone's not or you know Toronto's going to be such a hot pick this year because the east is so open the playoffs are not the same as the regular season you're playing the same team either you know in a best of 7 series you mat you the scouting reports the matchups everyone knows everything about every player on your team by the second or third game and then it comes down to you know stars making big plays down the stretch and if John's back and healthy, that the Wizards are, I think, are going to be in fine shape to, to compete, and that's pr- that's obviously a huge if right now, and that's probably the biggest what if for the Wizards. But you know, besides that, I, I don't know who the Wizards are going to play in the first round. But if it's if it's a Boston or if it's a Cleveland or a Philly, and John's back and healthy. I'm going to give them – I don't think it's going to be a huge shock or, a, you know, an, uh, that they'll be such a huge underdog to play that first in that first round. Yeah, we have no – I mean, we really don't know how this team's going to look with John, and I, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. It's probably more of an advantage because the Wizards get to see it in practice every day, how the team plays together. We'll get a preview. But John said today during his media availability, he said it doesn't really matter um, – what other teams think because we don't play the same as we do in the regular season as the playoffs because the scheme changes it has to do with who you're playing the rhythm is so much different the grind is way different and the focus is zeroed in on on one or two things so john knows he's been in this position before but if you look at what the what the wizards just went through by losing him for two months and then Kyrie is almost dealing with the same injury Mm. the knee Somewhat, we don't right, know exactly right. what it is, but it's pretty amazing that the Wizards can pick up John Wall before the playoffs, and the Celtics, and also the Warriors are worried about Steph. Mm-hmm. Like other teams have to deal with the yeah. fact that their players just got hurt, and now they have to rush him back. Whereas John is going to be a hundred percent by the time he plays. We, we talk about we hope, yeah, yeah. We talk about the uh, the seating and who we're going to play and all that, and I think that it's regardless of who they're going to play. The most important thing for this team is not worrying about whether or not they need to win a game or lose a game to play the team they want to play. It's getting everybody on the same page with John, getting a little bit of momentum before the playoffs, because let's be honest, we're scuffling right now. I mean, right. There's no doubt about that. And so, I mean, I want to, I want to win some ball games. I want this team to be feeling good about themselves going into the postseason and have a little momentum. And I, and the other thing too, that we've talked about a little bit amongst ourselves is that, We've heard um, along the years other teams, whether they beat the Wizards, lose to the Wizards, before and after they play the Wizards, players in other locker rooms, coaches in other locker rooms talk about John Wall. They, I, I can't imagine that the Wizards are going to be a team that anybody wants to play come the postseason, especially since we haven't, like we've said just now, Nobody's really seen this version of the team with John Wall. Thomas Sadoransky has come 
such a such a long way to the point where he's now a bench weapon in the playoffs and i think that john john gets a lot of respect across the league and i and i think that certainly you don't want to you want to have home floor you want to you know be a high seed you want to be playing well but i also think that it's it's everything changes with wall everything changes when the rotations change in the playoffs which they inevitably do and we're just gonna have to unfortunately we're just gonna have to wait and see but I, th- I certainly think to Jacob's point too you want to win games and you want to play well and you talk about a chance to do that coming up here San Antonio coming in here tomorrow night recording this Monday coming on coming in t- on Tuesday that's a really hard game they're probably the best defensive team in the league and they put on a clinic against the Wizards in San Antonio on that front but the three games following that Detroit Charlotte Chicago there's your opportunity to, to get on a run and we'll see when John comes back but there's your opportunity to get on a run and and really start to play well consistently as we head into April, which is Sunday, and, and that's just that's kind of mind-boggling that we're already that we're already there. But I thought, and really, the team has been without John has been fairly consistent. The only loss against a sub-500 team was against Charlotte after the All-Star break, and then New York. I mean, it's not like I think this is just a skid. Mm-hmm. I mean, the team didn't play well against. Uh, Minnesota and Boston still won in Boston, but mm-hmm. Indiana was a great game. I mean, I, I think it's just the the dregs of March. Yeah, the postseason is so close, but hey, the fact that John's coming back gives new life mm-hmm. that a lot yeah. of teams don't have. Right. Yeah, some shots haven't been falling. Clearly, some fatigue has has set in, but I think we've seen that. I'm sure that every team across the league could point to an example of fatigue right now, and yeah. I mean, the the great irony, if it is irony, is what it was almost like a shot in the arm when John went out the first time. Not that they needed to get rid of him, but him going out made everyone else have to step up and realize what they had to do to start w- to win those games just to keep them afloat. So no slight at John or like they needed to subtract John, but just his him being off. You know, when you lose a five-time All-Star out of your lineup, you, other guys have to raise their games. So he goes out for that Atlanta game, and that was sort of like the the spark that they needed to to get them going, which is, you know, then they beat Atlanta, they beat the Thunder, they beat the Raptors in early February, and, you know, that's when they're 30, 32, 34 assists a game, Uh, you know, moving the ball, everyone's scoring, everyone gets going. Now, all of a sudden, you know, it looks like they have some tired legs. It looks like, you know, things they haven't played nearly as well these last couple of weeks. Um, You know, the ball hasn't been zipping like it was. Some of that is teams now have tape on the – the Wizards playing without John so they were able to scout more of how they play with Sadoransky and that's the kind of constant battle you go through teams scout you you have to change something you know you have to counter they counter and now all of a sudden John here he is coming back to sort of re-energize it after it was him going out to sort of get this team to wake up a little bit because they needed a wake-up call at that time of the year oh yeah and here we are now two weeks from the playoffs John so now it's not like John's coming in on a white horse to sort of save the team. I mean, this eh, is, is he not or is he? No, nah, but I mean, this is a it's a it's a good team. John makes them, I think, a very good team. And I think to Chris's point, they are a little bit different in some regards. But for the most part, this is the same team. And that was a storyline we've talked about all season. They're the same team that went to game seven of the 
semi conference semifinals last year. And I'm telling you, when I, there's no team that's going to look at the Wizards, you know, assuming everyone's a go in the first round. I don't care if it's Boston, Cleveland. I don't think it'll be Toronto, but who knows? Maybe Toronto, Philly, whoever it is that's going to, you know, from their standpoint, certainly aren't going to think this is, you know, this is definitely a, a win for us, you know, a series win for us. Or an, even if you, you know, go out to the Vegas odds, I don't think the Wizards are going to be a big underdog to any team just because of this playoff success that they've had. Um, Trendy upset pick? Yeah, the other, uh, definitely. Sure. Yeah. The, other, I, the other thing that – the other thing that John mentioned today is that his time off has given him a chance to obviously see players develop, see guys like Sato kind of flourish, but also see where he can help them, where he can play with them, how that can work. He has talked with the coaching staff at, at you know, ad nauseum. He's worked with Sato. And so I think that's another thing. Obviously it's it's all gonna be kind of condensed and they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of work to do to work things out, play together, figure out what rotations are gonna be, all of that stuff. And and that will come once he's back on the floor and playing games. But I think that that John is is also very aware of what his he knows he's the leader of this team, but he's also very aware of how things can fit together. I think he's been thinking about that. I think he's been talking with coaching and coaches and players about that. And so they'll be able to hit the ground running because he's a veteran. Him and Brad play – him and Brad and Otto, too, have all had moments in the playoffs. And so we've all seen them elevate their game when they get to that stage. And I think that that's not a thing that they're going to – that's not something that they'll worry about going forward. And I think that that's something that we need to take in consideration, too, when when we get there is that it's a, it's a different game. They elevate their game pretty much every year that we've seen brad and john play in the playoffs they get better and they and they really step up to the moment so you know we're we're all we're all going to find out for sure in two weeks or so so, three weeks but until then we'll we'll, uh hope to win some games because that can't hurt can't hurt to play well the last thing i'll add is if it looks like this team is not going to have home court they have been a very very good road team this year oh man 13-6 13-6 and six since Christmas, including that Christmas Day game. Wins the season on the road uh, at Denver, at Toronto, uh, at Miami, uh, at Milwaukee, at Minnesota, at Boston twice, at Portland, at Indiana. I mean, just, just games that this team struggled to win in the past. So I think it's important to visualize and say, if they do play Boston, oh, we, we've beaten them on the road here twice. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, we've beaten them on the road here this year and last year. So I don't think yep. the whole road thing, like for whatever reason, home court hasn't been as big of an advantage for the Wizards this year. Mm-hmm. The playoffs are way different, and it will be an advantage. But maybe the fact that they've been better on the road this year will play a part in their playoff success. So yeah. we'll have to see that because they do need to win at least one game on the road to win a series. Yep. So. They, yeah, as a road yeah, they're n- probably not going to have home court, so that's absolutely factually true. They'll have to win on the road. The first now last year's the biggest home road discrepancy they've probably I've ever seen in a playoffs in terms of uh, the Wizards were one in five right. on the road and six and zero at home in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's right. Three yeah, yeah the, only, right. the only win on the road was right. to close out Atlanta. Close out. And yep. but if but before you guys were here, the playoff years before that that we watched with this team. It was the opposite. They struggled at home in the playoffs, and they were great on the road. I mm. mean, 
Do you remember those stats, Jacob, with Randy Whitman's like road winning record? It oh was yeah, like, it was like historical what they were doing on the road. Oh um, yeah, John. You know, John and Brad had these stats too because they were a part in of all Chicago, these games. In Chicago, in Toronto, right? In they went into Indiana. Chicago, went up 2-0, winning both in Chicago. Go into Toronto, go up 2-0, winning in Toronto. The in Indiana, they, they win sp- game one. They in split. That's Indiana. well. That's the advantage of being the road team is if you get one in the first two games, you feel really good. It yeah. changes the whole complexion of the series if you steal one early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we see it in baseball. And they got times. one in Atlanta too, didn't they? Yes, yes, yeah. they won in Atlanta, and then John broke his hand in game two. Mm-hmm. Right, so they were. That's so they why were they were undefeated in game ones on the road, four and zero, yeah, until Boston last year. So yeah, I mean, I just I think that is something. Well, now we know more that it is historic that they've been good on the road, but under Scott Brooks, especially this season, it's been the yeah. laser focus on the road is very noted, and I think we've seen it being on the road with the team. They they are really focused on the road, and having uh, shorter road trips, I think, towards the end of this season has made it a lot better, too. Yeah. Um, so. But that's all for us now. Got you an update there on John Wall. Hopefully we'll know more uh, the next time we talk on this podcast. Uh, and what a great weekend with the the 78 champions. Great to see them. Phil's numbers in the rafters. Check it out. Next home game is Tuesday against the Spurs. We'll be here on Saturday as well. Otto Porter bobblehead night fan appreciation night only four more home games guys until the playoffs so wow it's winding down but uh we look forward to speaking to you again on hopefully thursday uh before the detroit game uh but if not we'll uh we'll let you know um jacob closing thoughts on just your who who you taking in the final four in case we don't get to it um well because I'm not asking Jeremy because he's biased. I think that it's it's historically noted here that I've gone against among us that I've gone against Sister Jean all four times in every game. <laughs> so you're gonna go against her again. I'm going against Sister Jean again and I'm yeah. taking Michigan. Uh oh. <laughs> Is this a Michigan podcast? Yeah, right. So we know who Jeremy's picking, Chris. I do not see anybody beating Villanova though. Okay. I, 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 I agree. I, it's not very not very interesting, but I think no. that it's Michigan Nova, and I have a hard time betting against the against, against the Wildcats. Yeah. The champions I think of the, the world. The winner is coming out from the right side, but I will not rule out this is what happened to my Badgers a few years ago, that that first game between Kansas and Villanova is going to be a dogfight, and the winner is going to go through a lot, and then to have to play on Monday – against, you know, let's be real, there's a, a large chance that Loyola might run out of magic and Michigan could blow them out. Yep. For Michigan to have that extra, you know, feeling of, okay, we have our last fight within us for this championship. Um, but I think the better teams are on the right side of the bracket. Uh, also like Villanova, we've we've said we like them from the beginning, so just stick to your guns. Yep. Um, but, yeah. Jeremy, any parting thoughts, non-Michigan based? Hail to the victors. There we go. (laughs) All right, Wiz kids, that'll do it for us today. Ciao for now.